Hi, and welcome to My Words, Our Journey, the podcast. The season, our story, the lodging place. As a reminder, the Stevens family, after only a short time at the lodging place, have decided, as a family, to make the move, giving up what they know for a lot of unknowns. Let's continue the journey with the Stevens family today, starting with Chapter 9, New Things. Most dread the idea of a move, Trent and Stacy felt the same way. While much of what was happening to them was overwhelming, the thought of emptying out their home, getting everything resituated in their new dwelling, moved to the top of the list. Unfortunately, it was not an issue long. The couple was introduced to a team of staff members. It was explained that each was an expert at handling moves, and they learned quickly it was true. Checklist, pointed questions, and overall a sense of organization showed the group had done this numerous times and had perfected it. Stacy was pleased with how little she had to worry as her team of helpers guided her through the process. Trent, on the other hand, had a few reservations as others coordinated and planned their every move. Within hours, they were having dinner with the management team and their families, and word came to them that their entire worldly possessions were en route to the lodge. Their home had been put on the market for sale, their two cars had already been sold, utilities turned off, mail rerouted, and Stacy's resignation letter had been delivered to the daycare she worked at part-time. Trent had insisted that he be allowed to return to the hotel so he could close out that chapter of his life in person. Mr. Whitmore had reluctantly agreed after Trent asked if one of the security officers would be able to drive him. It was set that they would leave at 5 o'clock the following morning so Trent would be able to see Elmo. He also wanted to be able to clean out his own office. While the idea of letting Mr. Whitmore's guys handle it sounded easier, Trent just couldn't let that happen. The front desk manager of the lodge, William Buckley, insisted on walking the family to their suite, and while no one had mentioned a word about it, Trent knew they were being escorted to a visitor-free zone. He wondered when they would be introduced to the worlds he had heard about, but honestly, wasn't that big of a hurry, not that he could say the same about the children. The household items were due to arrive overnight, and some of the men in charge of the move assured them everything would be there after breakfast the following morning. When William had heard the news at dinner, he immediately contacted the front desk and started the process of getting them room ready. On top of everything else, the place seemed pretty efficient, he thought. The suite was amazing. Just standing in the foyer was like no other hotel he'd ever visited. The marble floors, expensive-looking paintings on the wall... The vase, overflowing with fresh-cut flowers, set the mood for the rest of the rooms, each equal in its splendor. As soon as William was confident the family was pleased and had no further needs, he was gone, leaving behind his business card that contained his pager, cell, and beeper numbers. Efficient. Amor and Tyler retreated to their rooms and both fell asleep immediately. The combination of the day's events, the great dinner, and the anticipation of what was to come next was all just too much. And with the children fast asleep, Trent and Stacy could sit down together and talk about things for the first time that day. Stacy told him about the movie theater, the school, Anne and her children, the funny things the kids had done or had been exposed to. Then she wanted to hear about Trent. What had he seen? What had he done? Never wanting to disappoint his wife, Trent did his best to take her through the time that they had been apart, even going back as far as entering the hotel that morning. When he began to speak of the parking garage and the maintenance shop and the long walk he had taken and seeing all the artifacts, he felt her tense up. He described the sheer 
awesomeness of the space. Trent knew his descriptive words were falling short, but he tried. He finished by telling her about the incredible young people he had spent time with, how they had guided him on his tour of their maturity and knowledge for just being teenagers, and how he hoped this place would be the same and have the same effect on his children. There's so much here for us to learn and experience. I look forward to sharing this with you and the kids. Then, even while they knew it was a big and overwhelming experience, they were so tired, they drifted off to sleep. Chapter 10. Home. The Stevens' new home was part of the lodge that resembled a castle. It could be entered from the lodge on two different floors by special keys and codes. There was also a front and back door on the lower level of the rock exterior that too needed a special key and code. From the looks of it, the staff had worked hard to make sure the place was ready for the newcomers. There were freshly planted flowers along the walk, crisp new mulch spread neatly around the shrubs, and a fresh coat of paint on the front door. William had explained on the short walk over there that no one had lived in the home in quite some time, but the place was in great condition. He had been telling the truth. The house was not as nice as the lodge, but it was close. Compared to what the family had left behind, they were moving into Trump Plaza. All their belongings had been delivered and placed in the designated rooms. Bathroom boxes in the bathroom, kids' boxes in their appropriate rooms, and a note letting the family know some of the men would stop by later to help move some of the larger pieces that needed to be moved. It was four o'clock in the morning. Trent had wanted to see the place before he left in the morning. William had agreed to walk him over to the new home and then to the security tower where they would pick up their vehicle. Trent did not get the impression William was trying to brown nose or position himself in Trent's favor. It just seemed he really and truly wanted to help any way he could. It was refreshing, really. William was like all the others the family had met so far. Everyone seemed comfortable in their positions and just wanted to be helpful in any way they could. Pleased with what his family would experience when they walked over after breakfast, he wrote them a short note letting them know he'd be back as soon as he could. From the house to the guard tower, William had explained, would take about 10 minutes walking. The path was well lit and the air was cool. Trent listened closely, couldn't hear anything but the sounds of their shoes as, it, as they touched the pavement. Curious, he asked William a question. You said no one's lived in the house for a while. Can I ask you where the last general manager and his family resided? Oh, he had no family here and chose to live in a small cottage located down on the far side of the property. He enjoyed the peacefulness after a long day. Well, at least that's what he always said. Trent sensed there was more to it, but decided to let it go for now. It was awfully early in the morning, and his host was so kind, he didn't want to push the issue. Besides, he was grateful for the new house and the opportunity. He would find out about the man he was replacing soon enough, he figured. One thing he had learned over the years, the staff loved to talk about the old boss to the new boss. What he had done white, what he had done wrong, and what they expected of him. Chapter 11. The Wedding? The ride back to the lodge was all business. From the moment they left the hotel parking lot, Trent was either on the phone or reading emails off the laptop that William had been waiting to give him earlier that morning. In the SUV they were traveling in. Other than a text message from Stacy wanting to know how he was holding up, it was meeting time. Agendas, schedules. Trent did not understand some of the lingo and locations used in the emails, but he could get the majority of what he was reading and responding to. He knew it was going to be a learning experience, incomparable to anything he'd experienced before, and the thought invigorated him. There were a meeting schedule for the remainder of the day. 
all involved introductions to the different department heads, touring their areas, and starting the relationship building process. Mr. Whitmore and his team had been busy while Trent was off property, filling every minute of the remainder of the day with meetings, followed by a session where the entire family would be watching a slideshow introducing them to some of the frequent guests, their needs, cultures, how to interact with them. This was something they all looked forward to. While Trent was working, his family was busy too. They registered for school, shopped for their uniforms, went to lunch with Ann and her family, and stopped by the veterinary clinic so Stacy could check out an opportunity to volunteer her time. William was oddly silent as they traveled. Trent was not sure if he had done something wrong or he just wasn't sure what was going on. Either way, Trent decided after a while, and in between emails, to find out the answer. William, I know change is hard. It'll be for all of us, especially when the staff and the guests have been used to the same thing over and over for a long time. I hope you communicate with me any questions or concerns you may have, or certainly help me with any mistakes I make. Trent did not have to wait long to find the answer to his question. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Stevens. My silence has nothing to do with you. I have something on my mind. There's something I wanted to do today, but I'm afraid I'm talking myself out of it. Trent was relieved it was not him, and decided to see if he could help this young companion. Well, first of all, William, please call me Trent. And secondly, I'm a pretty good listener, if you need to bounce something around, that is. If I remember right, we still have a little bit of a drive left in front of us. Trent noticed William glance over at the laptop, still on his lap, so he shut it down, closed the lid, and then said, You have my undivided attention. William shifted around a bit before he spoke. Trent could tell he was a little uncomfortable talking to him, but he could also tell he really wanted to talk. Trent, with my schedule and situation within the lodging place, it's hard to date. It's a different life we lead. I've not done well in that facet of my life. He stopped momentarily finding his words. There is someone special I'd like to ask on a date. But I'm afraid if she says no, it'd be awkward. As you'll find, while there's a lot of people in our community, you run into most of them on a daily basis, even if it's just passing in a hallway. I just don't know if I can take that chance. Trent had been there and felt confident he could help. William, if she's that special, I think you need to take the chance. Think about all the what-ifs a person has in their lifetime. What's the worst can happen? Things may be weird for a day or two, but think about what could be the best part of it. Besides, it's dinner, movie, not marriage and kids, Trent laughed and said, right? William did not smile or laugh, but instead replied, Well, I want to ask her to the wedding where we'd be seated together, and everyone would see we were on a date. Wedding? Trent asked. I'm sorry, what wedding? Chapter 12, XK 593. William was visibly upset that he had mentioned the wedding that Trent obviously knew nothing about. His need to talk, however, overwhelmed his instinct to drop the subject, so he told Trent about the upcoming events. The scientists from Planet XK-593 were regulars at the lodging place. It was common knowledge they were highly advanced in medicine and that the governments of Earth were working closely with them to see if their advancements were safe for humans. William told him it was rumored that 593ers could live to be well in their high 300s. It was one of the more powerful leaders that would be arriving in just a few weeks for the wedding of his youngest daughter. This leader, they called him K, his name was Kozmar, had never been to Earth and it was reported 
he would be bringing with him 200 of his family to stay at the lodge for four days leading up to the event. World leaders would gather to share in the celebration and further cement the relationship between the two worlds. According to William, there was concern that the leaders of this planet were feeling used only for what they could contribute to Earth without a true partnership. Trent listened as if hearing a fictional story and wondered how long it would take before all this became real. William explained there was part of the reason for needing a general manager to fill the position so quickly. It was agreed that a figurehead needed to be in place before the big event. It was important that guests felt there was someone in charge. The thought caused Trent to twist in his seat, feel a sharp pain rise from the base of his neck to his temples. Within two weeks, one of the galaxy's most powerful leaders is going to look to me to pull off a perfect wedding for his youngest daughter. Trent tried to steady himself before he spoke. William, I have to ask, couldn't the outgoing GM be persuaded to stay on just a little longer to get through the wedding? William looked at him funny and then smiled. Oh, I guess I left out that part. Mr. Smith? He's the one getting married. Trent was entrenched in what he was hearing and hadn't noticed their trip had nearly concluded. It was not until the SUV lunged and then began to fall. He had questions, but somehow he knew they wouldn't be answered by William. Coming to a stop in virtually the same position as the morning before, Trent did not open the door. He waited and looked up at the smiling face of the giant. Trent learned his name was Jarvis. He exited the SUV and watched the large man use some sort of detector device above, below, inside, outside, covering every inch of the returning vehicle before he powered the contraption down, moved over and stood next to Trent. Without being asked, Trent raised his arms and waited to have done to him what had been done to the auto. Jarvis couldn't help but laugh again. Sir, you can put your arms down. If there was anything out of place with you, he pointed to the sky and continued, they would have let me know already. Trent looked up and saw nothing but blue sky. First of all, Jarvis, you can call me Trent. And secondly, who would let you know? Again, the mountain of a man looked at the sky. Security Team 3, which scans all arrivals to the lodge. While I scan the vehicles, they're scanning the vehicles and the arrivals. You'll find we are pretty thorough here. I need to see Mr. Whitmore. Can you point me to a phone? Again, Jarvis laughed as his right hand rose to the purple sash that stretched almost to its breaking point across his massive chest. Trent watched as he touched it and then spoke. Jarvis to control. Please let Mr. Whitmore know Mr. Stevens is on his way. I need to get me one of those, Trent smiled. Like something out of Star Trek. Oh, Trent, this place is better than Star Trek. We live it for real. And we're not always under attack. Trent nodded, waited for Jarvis to point him in the direction he needed to go. And when he didn't get any direction or reaction, he circled in the slow motion. Look up, Trent. Jarvis was watching the look on his new boss's face as the stairs floated down from the sky. They seemed to appear from nowhere. Chapter 13. Trust. The flight of stairs floated as Trent waited for instructions from Jarvis. They were swaying a bit and seemed to just fade away in the top. He guessed there was at least 30 steps which led to nothingness. Jarvis finally smiled, nodded his head for Trent to start up. Are you kidding me? I don't like heights when I can see where I'm going. Do you really think I'm going to go up there? If you want to speak with Mr. Whitmore, you will. He's waiting for you. Jarvis took two steps forward and spoke again softly. Trent, 
you'll have to be in to trust. The lodging place is magnificent and magical, but one must trust. Because every day, even for those of us that have been here a while, it's a new experience in some way. Sometimes it's something big, sometimes not. But always an occurrence that only a few on our planet will ever experience. Smiling and shaking his head in agreement, Trent did not have to say another word. His move up the stairs showed his understanding. Don't look down, repeated in his head as he hustled up towards the nothingness that waited. Reaching the final two steps, Trent did not slow down, and as he moved past the last step, a door appeared and opened out of the sky, revealing a small room that resembled the security control rooms he had seen the previous day. A small middle-aged woman with a clipboard and a business, no-pleasure demeanor stood like a statue waiting for him. Follow me, Mr. Stevens. Mr. Whitmore is waiting for you in his office. Trent forgot for the briefest of moments that he was suspended in air until he walked past a window which revealed the sky Blue. Beautiful. Trust, he thought. Mr. Whitmore sat at his desk, studying something when Trent was escorted into the room. Before he could thank his guide, she was gone, door closed behind her. Sit, son. I hear you want to speak with me. Is there trouble already? Mr. Whitmore had a look of a man that rarely was surprised, so Trent figured he already knew why his new hire was in the office. Well, I will assume that you've spoken with William. I'd just like to hear what's happening with Mr. Smith and what my role is in the events for the next few weeks. Mr. Moore stood, as if stalling to give himself time to choose his words carefully. He strolled over to a bookshelf and went straight to a large brown leather-bound book. He walked over to Trent, handed him the heavy hardback, and motioned for him to sit. Take the book with you. Look it through. You may find it helpful. In regards to William and his news, yes, we've discussed it briefly. As Jarvis suggested, Trent, your ability to trust will serve you well. And I think that's a good place to stop today's journey, leaving Trent kind of hanging with the book in his hand. We'll start next episode with chapter 14, which is entitled Homework. As always, thank you for joining the podcast and have a great day.